Father, I thank you that no longer slaves, but sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're the great, great Father. You're an awesome Father. And when you are with us, we're secure. When you're with us, we are at peace. When you're with us, you change our hearts, you change our minds. You take our chaos and you make it a calm. With this war, you bring peace. And Father, through all the storms that have been surrounding us in our city and our nation, all the changes every day, I thank you that, Father, you never change. Your character stays the same. You're faithful, you're loving, and Father, your word is true. We thank you that we're able to seek you first in all things because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, it's not the very size of our faith. It's the very object of our faith. And the object of our faith is you, and you've never shaken. You're never moved. You're forever loving, but you're forever fixed in our hearts. And as your children, we celebrate you this morning. And I pray right now, all those who are hearing us and seeing us, we realize that peace that surpasses all understanding, that peace has a name. His name is Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Wow. Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. I just feel the presence of God this morning. Good morning, church. I'm getting myself together here. I have my thing upside down. It's good to see everybody online. It's all new. <laughs> but I'm going to get started right into the word today. We're in our third installment of Stand Firm. It's our last one, and I know if you enjoyed the last two weeks, it's been amazing. We talked about how though we don't see a way, that doesn't mean God doesn't have a way. And then last week, Terrence talked about how it, we fight, how we battle, how we win our battles on our knees through prayer. And today I want to cover something that's, I believe there's an elephant in the room. We've been hearing a lot about uh, strengthen your facts so you won't have fear, or strengthen your faith and you won't have fear. And we know about the storm of the coronavirus and what they call COVID-19. But there's other storms, and I believe that I want to talk about today. It's, it's amazing that, um, that it can be overlooked. And the story we're going to talk about today is the disciples were with Jesus, and they, they encountered a large storm that took their day and made it chaos. But they had three storms. They had an outer storm, they had an inner storm, but the most important one I want to capitalize on today is the theological storm. The theological storm is when you doubt God is good. You forget that he's a, a father. And we hear all about facts, faith, and all that, but when you have that theological storm, that's the biggest one because that will either uh, raise you up or sink you quickly. So I really want to word on that. The third one's the worst, but I really want to go, if you have your Bible, it's going to go Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Mark chapter 4, um, 35 to 41. 
It says, on that day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Why have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? And I'm going to cover today. God, we can feel like, God, do you care? Let's pray. Father, I thank you in this moment. We need to hear your voice in such an amazing way. We need to feel your presence in such an amazing way. These are times that we live in, but realize as storms get bigger, you become greater. So I ask in this moment, let your voice speak. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. There's a, uh, a date that's etched in my mind, and the date is June 2nd, 1982. And it was a day that you woke up that morning, you thought everything was going to be okay, and then chaos hit. Well, that day is, I lived in West Germany, and that day, we had three bombs explode around our bases. And we were already dealing with terrorism in the past, but this one really became close. It hit home. And I remember just us reeling from that and trying to recover, reconstitute, they would call it, and then move forward. But the one thing I remember is the fear that invoked in each and every one of us. Because at that moment, we knew our lives were going to change forever. And we knew that this was a few days before President Reagan was going to come in town into Germany, West Germany. But it shook us to the core that it made some things change in each and every one of our lives. To the point that when we got up every morning, we had to have a plan to get to work. We had to get, when we came out, after we got dressed, we had to go out in the hallway and make sure the lights were still on. If the lights were off, there might have been a problem because this thing was coming behind it. We couldn't see the people who were doing it because they blended in and look, look, like, look like dust. And then we had to check underneath our cars with mirrors to make sure there were no explosives there and drive to work and wait to get in line, get to work, and then you had to change into your uniform, which was an amazing thing. But what happened with us, I saw that being four years into the military, I had a, a sense of peace because we were always projecting peace for other people. And we said, well, that can happen over there, but it'll never happen to us. You know, the COVID virus, when it happened in China, a lot of us said, well, it'll never hit America. But when it hits your back door, comes into your house, that changes a lot. And what happened to a lot of us, we had to learn a new normal. And I remember didn't want to even get out of bed. I didn't want to get up and check the lights. If it was out, it's okay. I would just, can I just go home now? I've been here three years. Can I go back to America? And I remember some things that took place as I was going. Now, I knew who God was. just didn't have a deep relationship with him. But when I remember checking the lights, I started saying, God, <laughs> please let this not happen to us, to me. And I get underneath the car, 
and with the mirrors and we're checking, God, please don't let this happen to me. Well, over a few days, things start to change. Us group of guys, because we're off base, we start coming together more. And we start checking the cars with one another. One guy would check the car this week, the car this week. Another guy would check the building this week. We would take shifts and stay up to make sure because the enemy would come in and what happened is they would attack a young man or a young woman, take their ID card and then place it on, a, on their, on their um, make up a fake ID and drive on base and actually try to blow up something or kill somebody. So we all came together in such an amazing way. And then all of a sudden, I really discovered God in a new way. Though I didn't know him well, he didn't stop me. He didn't stop from protecting me. And my, life, my love for him started to grow because I had issues with God way before the military. And here's one of the biggest things that we dealt with as a team. One, the storm of outside, that explosion. Two, the inner fear and anxiety that arose. But the third one is, because I even asked question God, if you're real, why is this happening to us? Do you not even care that people are dying? And those three storms, those three things hit me, and then God was able to relieve that. And they told us, after we recovered, where are you going? Well, we're going to Italy. We said, we're going to Italy. Italy, they having protests. Well, we're going anyway. And we had to band together. One, we banded underneath the banner of God. A lot of us, we were quoting who God was, even though we didn't. Praise God. And then we actually... <laughs> We're going together, and we built a team, and we did that. And it never, you know what? It never changed up until the time I left in 1985. It was a new normal, but we felt secure. Well, think about the disciples. They were hit with three storms. The outer, these are fishermen. So, uh, they, were, they were amazing fishermen. And they knew about storms, especially on the Sea of Galilee. But this one must have been a magnificent storm. They just said, we're going to die. And then had the inner one, which caused that the fear and anxiety, what's going on? And then it became despair. And that third one hit, Jesus, do you not care? And I believe during this coronavirus, those three storms are, uh, are raising up in people's lives, not just weekly, every day. Because we know tomorrow at 11 o'clock, the more changes are coming in our city. And I really want to cover that. If you know about this story, in Matthew chapter 8, in Luke chapter 8, it's also the same story. In Matthew 8, they said, save us, Lord, we are perishing. In Luke 8, it says, master, master, we are perishing. But you see what happens here in Mark, because they said um, Apostle Paul, Peter wrote the book of Mark, and then Mark transcribed it. And Peter was like, at first-hand, first-hand information, do you not care? Do you know we're dying here? And what happens with fear leads to despair which you decide and you declare that God doesn't care. And we want to attack that today. It's interesting when I'm looking at this story that Jesus' presence in the boat didn't prevent the storm. <laughs> in fact, he was sleeping, which is a sign of trust in God. And I'm sure he knew about the storm, but he slept through the storm. And that's one of the things you want to know. One of the first things we lose in, in storms and in and uh, disasters are sleep. Don't lose your sleep. But you see what happens here. These guys are going into a storm through obedience. Now, we know Jonah encountered a storm with disobedience. What happens when you go into a storm when you're obeying God? 
And what happens when Jesus' promise is littered with problems? Well, let's look at some of the things these guys encountered and some of their uh, response to it. I used to rail these guys. I got to be honest with you and say, they should have more faith. Jesus was with them. Then I started to understand <laughs> I'm no greater than they were. And there's one thing in the very beginning, if you're taking notes, there's a word that um, sometimes is used in a nev- negative context, but desperation. And I wrote this down. Your, depra- your desperation for God leads to your dependency on God, which leads to your deliverance by God. People are desperate now for answers. And it can become off or it can become negative if they go to the wrong place. People are desperate for peace. If you go find it in the bottles, you're not going to find anything. You go find it in drugs. People are anxious now, but desperate for these things. But when we are desperate for God, it leads us to be to have to depend on God and we look forward to his deliverance by God. Look at verse 37. Since so the great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat, so the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. They woke him and said, Lord, teacher, do you not care we are perishing? Now you got to realize the disciples were very superstitious in them days, especially the fishermen. They felt the sea was known for some dark power of evil. That's what they call a dark power of evil against God. They felt evil forces were in the water and it came dark. They fear for their lives. Now, maybe, just thinking, maybe Jesus wanted to test them to see whether they would trust his word that would go on to the other side or trust the weather. His word, or he wanted to see he would trust what he said more than the circumstances. Because he said, we're going to the other side. Now, he never said it's going to be a smooth sailing he just said, we're going to the other side. And they obeyed. And not just them, those other people in other boats. So he said, what happens when he says go? Now, he already knows the path, but we don't know. Coronavirus took our daily days and turned into chaos. Everyone had a calendar filled up for the, last, for the first for the next six months. We knew what we were going to do. Vacations, sabbaticals, all those things. And guess what? Eh, done. <laughs> and you can say, God, don't you, don't you not care? Do I have a job? I just lost my job. Do you not care? Well, you know, make sure you have faith, brother. Yeah, I got faith. But am I safe? Am I safe? If I, I have faith, then if I check on the crowd, I won't see anything. But am I safe when I turn it on? <laughs> and you have to realize, yes, as we sung this morning, he's a great, great father with his children. And a lot of times we have to trust his word more than the circumstance. The circumstances are screaming loud. What about the circumstances that causes inside of us that screams anything louder? Our fear, anxiety. We got to make sure the word overrides that which is inside of us, each and every one of us. And I can't tell you, some people, it can go daily. 
Some people can go weekly, but a lot of times it's minute. Some of them minute by minute, depending on what you read. <laughs> you know, I, I, I joke now because if I if I cough, I'm like, God, do I have it? Because I'm I'm the guy who has I'm on the list of three things that can happen to me. I'm like on that list, three things. You qualify for three things to catch this, really? So I said, do I cough? Do I not cough? But it's a joke. But <laughs> but you gotta make sure <laughs> because it 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 it, um, it infects your mind. But we realized something else when they saw that crisis hit, and they said, oh, "Didn't you care when that Jesus woke up?" Now, you got to realize the boat that he was in, he was not underneath. He was just laying in the back. And you turn around, you see the storm, and you turn around, you see your Savior. And you turn around, you see the storm, and you turn around, see your Savior. And he's not moving. He's not doing anything. Um, Hopefully the storm will wake him up and help us out. (laughs) But it didn't happen. And they did the right thing. They were desperate. You know the ones who really see God are the ones who are really desperate for God. Don't lose your desperation for God. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Apart from God, I can't even stand here. Desperation. But also, when Jesus finally yawned and got up, you saw what happened here. God's word transformed their chaos into calm. God's word. He spoke to the storm. In fact, he didn't speak. He rebuked the storm. Look at verse 39. He awoke and rebuked the winds and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, I love the English language when you get into adjectives. Look at verse, the contrast of this. Verse 37. A great windstorm. 39. A great calm. Because you need a great God to take care of a great storm. Not around it, but through it. Verse 39, he said, be still, which means he talked to the wind. He said, be muzzled. Be quiet. You ever notice lately you have to rebuke your feelings with the word? You got to speak. David did that in the Psalms. Oh, my soul, why am I so cast down? Rise up, raise up, lift up your eyes and see. My help comes from the Lord. He's speaking to himself while he's in the cave running from the enemy. So he is speaking the word over his soul. He rebuked the wind with the word. Because we know Jesus possesses the power to steal out of storms, but also our lives, our inner storms of fear and anxiety. He transforms our chaos, our anxiety. Why? Because he's the master over all circumstances. Now, he's our Lord. He's our master. But he's the, natu- he's the master over nature. He's the master over all things. I got to remember that. And when I get up sometime and I'm feeling uh, some kind of way, I got to get in the word and let that word rebuke my anxiety. Is it easy? No, that's why I love to read the word in your house out loud because it becomes part of you. Now, does the circumstances change? No, but guess who changes? Me. And I need to change so I can help other people change. Makes sense? 
So as you go about your day, let God's word rebuke your negative emotions. Because remember, it's, it's living active, it's, it's active, it's alive. Let Jesus is calm. Let Jesus calm the chaos in your soul. Because a lot of us have chaos in our souls. And when we have chaos in our souls, we'll cause chaos everywhere else. Because the reality is, it's scary. But the reality is, we have a God that will get us through. Never want to say, have faith and forget reality. The the contrast in reality is God is good. Then rebuke your negative emotions. Because they will come. And you got to realize this. Because the last one was great fear. (laughs) When you fear Jesus above all else, you'll believe his word above all else. Look at verse 40. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And that's why he said rebuke people with this. And I'm like, you're no different. (laughs) And he was filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? What he was saying in verse 40 was, guys, you, I'm, your faith is growing. You've been with me. You watched me. And I told you all the stories about what the kingdom of God is like. But I want you to start with this. Have faith in my presence. I'm here. Now, if I'm not here, then I told you before, I'll give you the help of which the Holy Spirit. They lack faith in the very presence of God himself. Now, are we any different today when he said we're going to do greater works than him? He's in us, through us, and we got to have faith and realize his presence is with us. And when his presence is with us, that we can, we can do amazing things. So he was saying, pray f- uh, faith in his presence. Because why? He has full authority over all the forces of nature. Full authority over COVID-19. Now he's, and he has full authority. Because he already knows the plan, what he's going to do. I believe he's mobilizing us to help others to expand the kingdom of God. Let me me help you with this. God calls us to help other people. (laughs) Their faith, my faith a lot of time is not perfect, but I I hope it's proficient. Let me have proficient faith to help other people. Not about being perfect. So what do we do? Told you those three things. Because he went from (laughs) great storm to great to great. Great calm and to great fear. A great fear. We have to fear Jesus above everything else. So we'll believe his word above everything else. What am I saying? Putting our eyes on Jesus not fixing on the storm. I want you to be, I want us to be well educated in the storm. But I really want us to be well anointed in Jesus. Because like we said earlier in the first part of this, this sermon series, faith plus facts equals wise decisions. Not negating the facts, but I want us to be anointed in the faith with the anointed one. So what do we do, Pastor Rich? What do I do 
for the next few days or every day from this point forward. One thing we got to realize, we are strong people. And how many know we like to hold, grab things and hold on to things because we think we can fix things? Let's give you a man. I can fix this. This is, this is a scripture that First Peter, he puts in pride. I can fix all this. And, and, you, and we crash from trying to fix everything. And then, we, we, then we have pride. We don't want to tell anybody we're crashing. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. Remember, the first thing that happens when we feel Jesus doesn't care for us because we don't think he loves us. I struggle with that a lot as a young man. If you love me, you would do this for me. But perfect love casts out fear. So when I have perfect, when I have love in Christ, I know he loves me. He cares for me. I can, ca- and it says cast it. It's like taking um, something. If you had, in those days you would have a donkey, you would put all your goods on top. Just cast it. I can handle this because I care for you. I really want you to get through this. I care for your souls. I care for this world because I need to change this world through you. And how do we do that? Cast it every day. Well, there's something I wrote in my, we have a, a saying in our church, and you know if you've been here long enough, it's on our walls in our office. It says, read your Bible every day, and every day read your Bible. Yes, right? What are you doing? Well, I'm feeding my faith. I'm starving my fears. I got to feed my faith to starve my fear and anxiety. And I know, one, like me, whatever I'm looking at, whatever I'm steering into, I will steer toward. You ever drive in your car and you look into the left? What happens when your car starts going that way? When I look at the storms and look at the circumstance, whatever I'm steering at, I start steering into it versus staring into the word that will help me steer around the circumstance, not get me through the circumstance. So you're feeding your faith and starving your fears. And here's a great start. Three Psalms a day and one proverb. Then go to the Gospels. What are you doing in Psalms? There's songs. You're singing. <laughs> You're praising God. And you have a wisdom for the day. But also go to the gospel and hear about Jesus. When you're worshiping God, what happens when you worship God, you see everything right with him, and you forget everything that's wrong around you. And again, it's not, I'm changed. I'm not going to help other people change. What's the other one? Stay connected spiritually and relationally. With your church, with your D groups, stay connected. With friends, stay connected. One of the greatest things of this, of this uh coronavirus I, we were on the phone last just this week with our president of every nation it was an amazing call but i heard i mean we were talking and we had all the founders on them and they were talking and giving us the stories of faith and how we had to walk the, but it wasn't fake it wasn't like the type of faith thing it was about guys we know this is real guys we're praying for you guys we're all listening together and I tell you what, every day we have a phone about some kind of communication. I'm learning how to do uh, Marco Polo, and we're talking, and we're spinning lines to one another, and we're encouraging one another, because they know as the day is approaching, we need to encourage each other more. So we're learning that, and doing Zoom, and all those other things. And we want to make sure you stay connected. I know we have to be uh, socially separated, but spiritually, let's not separate ourselves from God, and spiritually, let's separate ourselves from each other. 
That's why we, and I tell you what, guys, in Germany, we didn't have social media. We had a phone. And if you were calling home, <laughs> you had to say over before the other one can speak. How you doing, over? I'm fine, over. And that's how you communicate to say you're okay. Now you have all these things, all this, this area God has created for us to communicate with one another. And that's how we try our best to communicate with one another. And you know why? Because take you back to the beginning of the message, of the, of the uh, passage. He said, let us go across to the other side. What he's saying is, he promises we'll all get there together. Remember, there's other boats with them. He said, let's all go. And, get, and I, can I say this to our church, this church, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the other side of this and see amazing things what God is doing through this. We're going to help other people get there. And other, we're going to put them on other boats. Because really the church is in a boat right now. And Jesus said, grab them, grab them, pull them on the boat. But we're going to get there to the other side. It might not be smooth sailing. We don't know what tomorrow does, will bring. But we know who he is who knows everything. Be encouraged. We're going to... When he makes the promise we're going to get to the other side, we're going to get to the other side. I can't tell you how long, can't tell you how short, but I can tell you I'll be with him in the journey and I'll be with you in the journey. And I just want to encourage you with that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in this moment that we're able to come together. Realize your word. You said, let us go to the other side. We're going. And, Father, I thank you that we don't know the chart of the course, but you know the course and the chart. We thank you that you are greatest, greatest Father. I pray for those right now, Lord, that need to hear your word to calm their chaos. I thank you those right now who are desperate. Let them not be desperate for a bottle or drugs. Let them be desperate for you. Let's become what well, I learned through all the trials I have, I've become more dependent on you and then I don't even recognize deliverance when it shows up, but I'm so happy it does. And Father, most of all, I pray for everyone here that they will, we will learn to fear you above all else <laughs> so we'll believe your word above all else. So I pray everyone here this morning, you bless them, keep them, and watch over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Pastor John's going to come up and share some ways how we can stay connected. One with God, but one, 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 one another. But one another. And I'll hand it over to him. You guys are amazing. See you online this week. <laughs>